Over the past six weeks, we have closely studied the lives of biblical characters to gain wisdom about our outward journeys during the time of transition in the world, in our church, and focusing on this unsteady world. And so as we seek a deeper connection this Lent, we turn inwards, asking God how to cultivate within ourselves practices of being authentic and having personal encounters with the living God. So today we explore a time in Elijah's life that will hopefully teach us about the spiritual practice of meditation. So this story is found in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 7 to 13. Listen now for a word from God. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, in your goodness, grant us peace. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'd like to retell a story that you may have heard before. This is from the 2006 film, The Pursuit of Happiness. And a young son tells this story to his dad. He says, a shipwrecked man prays to God to save him. A boat approaches, but the man tells it to go away because God will save him, he says. And so the boat leaves. A second boat arrives and the man sends it away, saying, God will save me. And so the man dies of exposure. And when he gets to heaven, he complains to God for not saving him when he prayed. God tells the man, I sent you two boats to save you. You sent them away. On the surface, the story doesn't seem like it fits the practice of meditation. 
The man is in a crisis situation, and although he's praying, we don't know what posture his body takes, if he's quieting the mind. We don't know what sort of meditation practices at all if this man is taking. And so I tell this story because it illustrates the truth that sometimes God speaks to us in ways that we don't expect. In our scripture from 1 Kings, we see this very thing happening. Up to this point in scripture, we see God speaking to Moses in a burning bush. We see God speaking to Balm through a talking donkey. And while some of these instances would be surprises today, they're dramatic, clear interventions from God. They were common in the lives of biblical characters. God communicated with God's people in ways that they couldn't ignore. And so Elijah comes to the mouth of this cave, depressed, seemingly having given up on hope. And in the midst of that, a storm comes. What a perfect opportunity to hear an answer from God. When life is chaotic and stressful and busy, that's when we're most desperate to hear from God, at least. But in this moment, God was not in the wind, was not in the earthquake, was not in the fire. Despite God traditionally showing up in the dramatic, the ecstatic, the overwhelming, God is in the gentle whisper. And Elijah recognizes this voice at once. I think that many of us would be surprised to hear God in the gentle whisper today. And not because we don't believe that God communicates with us in quietness, but because it would mean that we had a moment of quiet to be able to hear that voice. The practice of meditation allows us moments of this stillness that we so often crave. It's a practice that we see Jesus exemplify often through his ministry. The gospel according to Mark that Pastor Angela read, Jesus goes to a deserted place alone while it's still dark. I can imagine he wasn't even distracted by the morning calls of birds and animals who are welcoming a new day. That sort of quietness is unheard of today. To start, it's the constant demands of life. If we aren't producing new work or new personal bests, if we're not starting new hobbies, then we are somehow failing at life. So that's the first, and then there's the stress. Maybe the stress of something cherished in our life that's changing, or maybe our friends or our children are struggling or we haven't reached that goal yet, even though we've been working so hard at it. On top of all of that is the physical noise. I can't ride in my car or do dishes without music or a podcast playing, and I don't often sit on the couch without scrolling on Instagram. Yes, it would be shocking to hear God in the quiet, because when is it ever quiet? Some of us wouldn't even know where to begin. How do you start practice of meditation? And so here is some place to get you started. 
This is in the book that we will be reading as a congregation called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. One of, maybe one of these will be something that you can be intentional about this Lent. He offers four different practices of meditation. The first is meditating on scripture. Notice the word meditating on instead of just reading. The difference is subtle, but meditating on scripture is slow. Maybe it means you read the same passage over for days at a time. And while you read it slowly, you may be able to picture the lives of the characters. You may even be able to see yourself as an active participant in the story rather than a passive observer. You can use tools such as Lectio Divina or Sacred Imagination, ancient practices that any of the pastors would, would love to help you with if they're new to you. The second way that he suggests we can meditate is what we might often think of when we hear meditation. This is stillness and silence. Do you have a quiet room you can escape to before the kids wake up or before the news is turned on? Perhaps if a room's not available, a pair of noise-canceling headphones will do the trick. Find a comfortable position and sit in a posture that makes it easy to give things up to God or receive wisdom from God. The third is recognizing God's glory through creation. Go outside and see the power of the mountains or the intricate designs in the flower petals. Breathe in the sweet smells and take in the soft chirps of the birds. Allow yourself to be in awe of who God is and what God has created in this beautiful world. The fourth way to meditate that he outlines is to meditate on our times. He says to have a Bible in one hand and newspaper in another without allowing ourselves to be controlled by the political cliches and the propaganda. Instead, when we meditate on our time, we ask for wisdom and we ask for guidance. I encourage you to read more about these suggestions or reach out to a pastor for guidance because stepping back from the chaotic of days of our lives even in moments, it allows us to create a space for God to dwell. We can pick one or two of these practices to engage with this season, but meditation doesn't always mean that it's gonna be possible to hear God in the simple ways that Elijah does. Let me give you an example. About six months ago, I found a yoga class at my gym titled Surrender. Now, if you don't know much about yoga, there are generally two types of yoga classes. There's the kind where you're in constant motion or you're holding warrior pose until your muscles are quivering and you really can't wait until the end, the shavasana, which is basically just a two minute nap. The second type of, sur of yoga class, which is what this surrender class is, it actually sometimes feels like a 60-minute nap. The lights are low, the instructor speaks in soft tones about mindfulness, there's a focus on clearing the mind. So after the first class that I attended, it instantly became part of my Friday routine. 
a break and a reset that I looked forward to. So, one Friday a few months ago, I was busy and stressed, making final preparations for the youth lock-in that evening. I contemplated not going, but I convinced myself that of all days, this is probably the best day to go. I drove to the gym, set up the mat, and the lights dimmed. I closed my eyes to take in the beauty of silence, but instead of silence, I heard my own thoughts swarming. Did all the, the, the leaders have the information that they needed? Uh, what items do I still have to pick up from the store? How much time do I need to finish setting up? Will the escape room be the way I hope it will? Will the group even have fun? I should probably eat something before a night of candy and soda. On and on, my head whirred. And so I kept waiting for the calm to rush over me, but 60 minutes passed and I was feeling more anxious than I did when I entered. And that experience taught me something very important about meditation. We can't expect to carve out 15 or even 60 minutes of our day to be fully still and to hear God's gentle whisper if the rest of our lives aren't following a similar pattern. Meditation is a practice that starts in our daily lives. The idea of holy leisure is one that encourages us to live a balanced life, to pace ourselves, to take our time, to enjoy beauty. Because that is what we were created for above all else, to live in the presence of God, to revel in that relationship. And we, we have created this world for us where busyness and stress and production are actually celebrated. We run from event to event expecting near perfection from every single thing that we do, and it is exhausting. Elijah experiences this too. He was feeling beat down by life, and we see in the scripture today that he was overwhelmed and tired, and he temporarily lost perspective of who God is and what God is doing in the world. It took Elijah 40 days in solitude for him to be ready to hear God's gentle whisper. He recognizes God's voice when he heard it, and he heard, what are you doing here, Elijah? It seems so silly to me that God asks us these types of questions. God knows what we're here for. God knows what we're going to say. And so I think that God asks us these questions so that we can decipher the answer for ourselves. What are we here for, truly? When God asks us in our lives and in our quiet meditation, how will we answer? Friends, Christian meditation is not just a practice of emptying the mind or simply seeking peace in the midst of life's pressures like it is in Eastern practices and secular practices, much like the yoga class I described to you. Christian meditation is a practice that redirects our lives so that we can deal with human life, sometimes by hearing the call to do the difficult thing. In order for that to take place, we must also recognize that it is a practice that fully embraces God's grace in our everyday lives. What are we here for? 
Well, I'll tell you, it isn't what society has convinced us we're here for. We were not created for the chaotic. We weren't created to be objects of production. We weren't created to worship fleeting, fleshy desires. We were created to be in full communion with God all the time, to rest with God, to enjoy God, to enjoy one another. And that's not something that we have to earn. We don't have to earn a time of rest or meditation because that's what grace is. That's not how God's incredible love works. And so I encourage you this Lent to practice meditation both in intentional moments with scripture or with silence, but also in your life by redefining what gives you worth. Both together may bring a deep richness in your life that can truly only come from God. And maybe you'll hear God in an unexpected way. And so in a spirit of meditation, I invite you all to close your eyes. I invite you to breathe deeply and quiet yourself. Center yourself to God's presence here in this place and listen for God's word to you this day. Amen.